evening meeting of Recording in Progress. This is the Sunday evening meeting of San Francisco Insight. Um, we'll have a, we'll sit for half an hour and then there'll be a talk and discussion. Please find a posture that is comfortable for you, comfortable and upright, so that as much as possible you're you are sitting upright from the base of the spine all the way through the back of the neck. Whether you're on a chair or a cushion or a bench. It's very helpful not to write on your computer while you're here. And to begin by sensing your body sitting here, beginning to establish an embodied mind fullness, heart fullness, body fullness. and letting your attention come inside so that you're aware of your body from the inside, from the felt sense of the experience of being embodied. Not so much thinking about your body or imagining it, but feeling it or sensing it so that the awareness is an experiential awareness. And just for a moment, as we become aware of ourselves sitting here in this room together, really imagine for a second we're actually are in the same room or we're in the same space. Our consciousness is in the same space together right now, because it is. So stay close to your body while you're also being aware of the other people who are here. Whether you're aware of their image or their picture or their, the feeling of them. And 
And feel free to include everybody, meaning include anybody who uh, inspires you. The Buddha, let's imagine the Buddha sitting here with all of us, or Kuan Yin sitting here with all of us, or the Dalai Lama sitting here, or Ajahn Chah sitting here, or Deepa Ma sitting with us, or Mahasi Sayadaw sitting with us, or Goenka Ji sitting with us, or Ruth Dennison sitting here with us, or Sokni Rinpoche sitting with us, or Lama Paulden sitting with us, or Suzuki Roshi sitting with us, or Lama Sultramalioni sitting with us. And I'm just naming a bunch of teachers, friends who I've practiced with, please include anyone you want as you feel, sense, become aware of the consciousness that's sitting in this room, which is bigger than our own, greater than our, our any individual consciousness. And of course, continue sensing your body sitting here with whoever else you brought into the room, whether it's Lama Paulden or Goenkaji or Kuan Yin or Ajahn Chah or somebody who I haven't mentioned. And as you stay present, aware of your body sitting here in this field of consciousness, become aware of whatever else might be in the foreground of awareness, whether it's thoughts or feelings or sounds or smells or tastes or touch. See what happens as we unify together as a group, being aware together, being aware individually and collectively in this moment, being aware of the various phenomena of being human that's sitting in each seat, in each location here.
very relaxed way, stay very present here, aware, either staying with the body or the body and the breathing or with the space of awareness, aware of whatever appears, whatever manifests all on its own, thoughts, feelings, sounds, smells, tastes, sensations other than the breath or the posture. Don't be enchanted by anything. Don't be enchanted by your thoughts or your feelings or sounds or smells, but be aware of it. Rest in the awareness, moment by moment by moment.
There you are. Hi, Michelle. Hi there. That was such a beautiful long bell. I'm still listening to it. It's gorgeous. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Michelle. I'm one of your board members. Hi. And I have a couple of announcements today about some classes that are upcoming and also a little bit about Donna. So I'll start with the classes. Um, in November, Pam is offering a four-week online course entitled We Are Nature, Exploring the Four Elements. It's going to be Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8.30 Pacific time. And throughout the four weeks, it says we will explore our essential elemental nature, earth, air, fire, and water, learning how each element offers a doorway to discover the internal and external qualities of solidity and stability, spaciousness, heat, fluidity, impermanence, and transformation. Each session will include guided meditation, a Dharma talk, and interactive inquiry. And between sessions, you'll be invited to explore the elements within the fabric of our lives and how the aliveness of the elements supports our awakening to the truth of who and what we are. It's appropriate for new to meditation practice and for experienced meditators and from people of all ethnic backgrounds, sexual orientation, and gender identities. All are welcome. And then in January, we're offering, again, the course Investigating Our White Identity Through the Dharma. This is a nine-month virtual program for Dharma practitioners who identify as white and are interested in exploring their white identity in relationship with racial suffering. Each session includes materials to be read, watched, and reflected on at your own leisure prior to discussion with your monthly small peer-led group. And each month, all participants will gather for a large group facilitation for discussion as we hold our insights with wisdom and compassion. I'll put the link in the chat so you can see more details and sign up. And then for the Donna, I wrote something out and I was going to read it, but I thought instead... Um, I would share a little something that I uh, experienced today. I am zooming in from Chicago, actually, where I used to live. And I'm here and I looked up and it's the Kickapoo land. They were the indigenous peoples here. There are many more like the Peoria and more. But um, I'm here today going back to work. This is my second week back to work after a year off. Um, so there's little bits of stress in that. But I was having a meeting with my boss and we were really looking at what is it about his career? Like he's 82 and he's been in his career and is really at the top level of his career for 50, 50 some years. Um, and why is it that he is in the top of his game? And what we really identified is generosity. How from early, early on in his career, he's been either sharing his wisdom, um, offering or supporting political candidates or helping people get into schools, always helping others and not asking for something in return, just giving freely. And that really resonated with me in terms of dana because that's that whole, the Pali word in Buddhism for generosity and this open-heartedness. And we were really identifying other people that have been either competitors or as we like to say in the business, haters. <laughs> and there's this sense of, well, what are you going to do for me? Like, if I do this favor for you, what are you going to do back for me? And I noticed that we may call it the quid pro quo or the IOU, but there's this sense of you never know how these gifts will come back to you, but you keep giving because your passion is to help those 
to open doors for others just as doors were open for you. And it reminds me of some of the stories I've heard from Eugene and others talking about how like, yeah, the Buddhist journey was difficult and it sounds pretty treacherous and I'm sure I don't know how much I would wanna go through with it. But once he got this wisdom, he just had to give it to others and not just people that were the VIPs, but people that were like in our experience that are the hotel clerks and the valets. And in my career, it was the paralegals or the people in the mailroom. Everybody deserves that generosity. And I'm finding, I'm just really seeing how that wisdom plays out. And so in our Sangha, we um, ask you to um, express your generosity with donations. Um, and so if you feel that you get something out of these teachings, this wisdom that the teachers freely give, um, I invite you to make a financial contribution and I'll put a link for that inside the chat. And also you can volunteer. And one of the ways you can volunteer now is by giving the, the Donna talk. I have not received an email from anyone interested in doing that yet, but I'm so encouraged and I'm happy to walk you through it. And I'll put the uh, email for you guys to ask questions about that. So I will turn it over to Eugene, who might even have some more to add on all those, the classes and Donna. Thanks for letting me be of service. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, I just want to mention Pam's class because she just taught this class, uh, a retreat. Uh, this is basically a retreat that she taught that, and Amy was on it. Amy's giving a thumbs up, and I heard really, really good things. Oh, somebody else, uh, Louisa, also. Yeah, great. Um, I heard just great things about the retreat and the material, and it's beautiful material, and it's so great to to really get that we don't have to go out to nature, that we are nature, and it's all right here. So check out the class. I think it'll be a good one. And uh, yeah, that's all I need to say. So I'd like to um, kind of continue where what we've been talking about in a slightly different, from a different valence. I want to talk, we've been talking about um, diversity and inclusivity and uh, equity here at SFI. And also, but I really want to talk about Sangha because all of that is part of us being Sangha together and what's needed to support Sangha and to wake up together as Sangha. And the word Sangha uh, means to, uh, Sam means with and Han means uh, make contact with, to make contact with or become one with others. And it it's um, a beautiful understanding of what we're doing here is learning, practicing together collectively, becoming one together, waking up together, discovering the Dharma together. And also it, um, the word Sangha traditionally was used to point at the fourfold Sangha, <coughs> excuse me, which uh, consisted of the monastic community, the nuns and monks, but also the householders of whatever gender, but at that time identified as male and female. And so that, that was considered the Sangha. And I'd like you to reflect as I'm talking about what Sangha means to you. 
Yeah, why why is it important, right? It's one of the three gems or jewels of Buddhism. You know, meaning it's it's something good. When something's a gem, it's it's of value. It's of true value. And so reflect about um, you know why is sangha important in Buddhism? Why is sangha important or not to you? And what's the purpose of sangha? And I thought I was reflecting, of course, about everything I'm going to talk about in the last couple of days. And I was thinking about the purpose of sangha. And I thought of sangha as a, so it supports us to practice and to learn the Dharma together. It inspires us when we see others practicing so that even when we're having a hard time, we keep going. We, we keep doing the practice or learning the practice or educating ourselves together. And it's also about caring for one another. It's a heartfelt, it's a heartfelt um, jewel. It's not just a diamond, I mean, or it's not just a ruby. It's a, it's a, it's a ruby heart in that way because it's a heartfelt activity to be together, to care about one another, to feel the humanity that's in each little square even here on Zoom. Right, and even if you just have your names, there, there's still somebody there, and if, I'd love to see your faces. So if you, if you're uh, unshy enough to come online, great. Thank you, Dorothy. I so appreciate that, because it's it's our time together, and, and I get to see you. We all get to see you. We all get to see one another. We all get to be sangha together in that way. Um, and you know it's it's uh, the third jewel of the of the triple refuge. Uh, we take refuge in Buddha and Dharma and Sangha. And Buddha is about the manifestation of awakening that we take refuge in, and Dharma is in the expression of awakening, the truth of awakening, right? And Sangha is about that communal expression of that goodness, of that truth, of that light, of that uh, expansion of our understanding that leads to freedom and, and the, what's called in Buddhism the sure heart's release. And it's the same, it's the same, um, it's a similar collectivity in other religions. In Christianity, they talk about when two or more are gathered in thy name. And that's what we're doing here. We're gathering in the name of awakening, of freedom, of, uh, of love, of, of um, the possibility of human consciousness to let go and open to discover the goodness of who and what we are. And so, again, I'll keep throwing in these different reflections. What do, you, what do we get? What do we receive from Sangha? What's, what happens for us, right? And I know for me, I mean, I just could give so many different examples of 
the goodness of Sangha, the kindness of, of people that I've practiced with over the years. And it doesn't even mean I'm practicing with them now. I may see them somewhere on the street, and, but what we used to practice together 20 years ago, and there's an immediately heartfelt kind of recognition and hello and, and friendship and care that's there. And it's just, it's such a beautiful kind of, uh, um, family kind of feeling. There's a great word in Yiddish, mishpocha, and I don't know how many of you know that word mishpocha, but it's it's a good word. It means it means something about family, but it's not actually your blood family. It's like oh, the family that uh, comes alive in the heart when we're together and, and and with each other, and that's something that can really happen in sangha. When, we, when our hearts start to open to everybody in the room, everybody on the screen, even the name of everybody on the screen, even the photos of the dogs or the, looks like the, it might be the South End, but it could be the Dolphin Club that Jean Lamming has there, which I, have a, I was, got curious about when I saw that. Um, and, and so, one many different things that we receive from from the sangha, whether it's kindness or clarity or inspiration or support or friendship or community, that sense of being together, the mishpucha like community, and and then, and what's it like specifically in our time and place and culture and in our bigger community. Right? Because one of the great sufferings in the United States of America is a sense of not belonging, that we don't really belong, that everybody's on their own. It's an individualistic, narcissistic, individualistic overlay in this culture. And it's, uh, yeah, and you know, different people really exemplify that kind of narcissism of me getting mine, and that's what's important. And, uh, and but the sense of belonging is so important to each of us. We, I think everybody wants to belong. It's not like you have to do anything or give me anything, except give me your presence, give me your awareness, give me your hereness, which is what we ask in Sangha. When you're here, we really want you here. And it's one of the tricky things about being in Zoom. Of course, you can do three other things while you're on Zoom, but that doesn't support the presence of the Sangha here uh, together. There's been a loss of community in, in the United States in that sense because of the individualistic culture. And uh, of course, our friend uh, Sebani Sawaze wrote a book, a new Dharma book. It's called You Belong, because that's what people seek, is that belonging. And Sangha's often translated as community. That's one of the other translations of Sangha. And the word community, uh, yeah, and the word community is an interesting word. I looked it up. It talks about a common possession or enjoyment or participation. And if you trace back the root, you get a very rich understanding because it comes 
from the English, from the French, from the Latin. Communis, communis. I had to even look up how to say it, which is great because Google will tell you how to say some Latin word you've never heard. Communis, which means, com means with, and munis means to be of service. It means ready to be of service. That's a beautiful, beautiful understanding of Sangha and what we're doing here together because we're all serving each other as well as ourselves by being here collectively, by seeing that the Dharma, part of what happens in the Dharma is we wake up together. And the, the even very traditionally in the Vasudhi Magga, they talk about when a bhikkhu is devoted to the recollection of the community, she attains full fullness of faith. Or yeah, it says they attain fullness of faith. They have much uh, happiness and bliss. They conquer fear and dread. They are able to endure pain, come to feel as if they were living in the community's presence. And their body, when recollection of Sangha's special qualities dwell in it, becomes as worthy of veneration as a temple. So it becomes an embodied Sangha. We each, in our uniqueness, be part, become part of an embodied Sangha. And again, it's the, it's the embodiment of the fourfold Sangha that creates and brings not just community, but a spiritual friendship. Kalyanamita is a Pali word, Pali term, Kalyanamita. And it's a beautiful uh, phrase, but even the word friendship is much deeper than we usually think of, than we know. The word friend, again, and here you hear the collectivity of where the words come from. It comes from the Old English related to the Dutch and the German, and then from the Indo-European root of friend, the root, and here you all have to guess what the root is, which some of you may know, but I don't think so. I've mentioned this before. Does anybody know what the root of friend is? Good. Okay, so at least Jeff shook his head, so he's giving me an answer. Everybody else just like looking, but now um, it the root of the. Uh, the Indo-European root is meaning to love. That's what friend means. It means to love. And it's the same root as the word free. Both free and friend have the same root, which is love. And that's such a beautiful understanding of the Dharma coming alive here with us together. That the friendship, the love, and the freedom that we care about is about love. <clears throat> and so what helps if we're in Sangha? What can we give to the Sangha? What's the most important thing? And of course, this is just my opinion. The most important thing is to give your presence to the Sangha, to really be here when you're here. And of course, that's, that's a great present to yourself anywhere you are, is to be right where you are, to actually be here and to be um, 
real and heartful and offer you wisdom when it's appropriate, your understanding, your, your clarity at any time. And even your difficulty is part of it because we all learn from one another. How does how do we support each other's practice in Sangha? We support it by being real and being honest and being truthful and not being perfect because so far I haven't met anybody here who's perfect, you know, but of course I would say a very Eugene thing, which is we're all perfectly imperfect, right? But in fact, it's really, it's so lovely to be with human beings who are human and who are aware of their beingness, because that's what the Dharma is pointing at pointing us at is the beingness of what it is to be a human being. And of course, the beautiful potential of Sangha, what could happen or what does happen, but also what can happen more and more. And uh, Thich Nhat Hanh had a beautiful quote, and he's got a beautiful he writes beautifully about Sangha and his heartfulness about Sangha. He said, Sangha is a community of friends practicing the Dharma together in order to bring about and maintain awareness. A community of friends practicing Dharma together in order to bring about and to maintain awareness. Essence, the essence of a Sangha is awareness, understanding, acceptance, harmony, and love. And it's one of the things that we, that develop here. It's not like we always feel loving of everybody or kind to everybody or anything like that, but we can be real together and that allows the heart to open fully, to un, un, unleash what's been blocked or held or reified. From my friend Jack Cornfield, I just, I was at a meeting with Jack uh, last week. I don't know if I mentioned that. Did I mention that last week? Anybody wave your hand if I mentioned being at a meeting. No, I was at a meeting. There was a, a funny little meeting at Spirit Rock, which I love to be able, we're, we can be live now if we're vaccinated and Everybody was good with that. And we went and there was a meeting to envision the next five or 10 or 20 years at Spirit Rock and what that might look like. And it was totally fun and, and very, Jack likes to do that kind of stuff. So it was fun to do that. I've done it with him before in other situations. And, and it was just fun to imagine what's possible, the goodness of what's possible for us to do together, both as teachers and as students of the Dharma and as supporters of Spirit Rock. Anyhow, there was a, a great quote that I'd seen from Jack. He said, if we understand community as a place to mature our practice of steadiness, 
patience and compassion. If we understand it, we, to become conscious together with others, then we have the fertile soil of awakening. It's really, we're, we're just creating ground as if we're, I don't even know, molecules creating the ground in which we can grow out of. That was good, I like that, I haven't said that before. And of course, just even, even right now, I mean, you know, if you feel it, you can just look around the screen and send your love to different people or send your good wishes. You don't even have to do love if that seems too big, but just, just your good wishes to everybody. You know, may you be well, may you be happy, may you be, you know, free from pain or suffering. May you enjoy this moment for just to feel that and see people because it's all people just like us, right? With whatever differences we have, but it's all human beings, right? And that becomes part of Sangha practice because it's a place we go beyond the small sense of self and start to realize more the unity of what's here, which is not just, there's the individual, you know, the person, the location, and there's something more than that. There's something bigger. Our hearts are bigger than that. Our minds are bigger than that. Our consciousness is bigger than that. It's not just, it's not just uh, limited to one location. And so the, the, the Sangha becomes part of the expansion of the sense of self. And it's not just for me, but for, for we or for us or for, and the experience of a kind of oneness or a unity with life that then even can expand, extend way beyond the Sangha, right? The, the, the unity is not limited to this screen, right? And how many boxes are in this screen? Or, or even if we were live in person, it's not limited to the room we're in because every consciousness is bigger than that. Our hearts are bigger than that. Our love is bigger than that. And so then it's also a Sangha in the biggest sense is, um, is talked about as a oneness of Sangha. This is from Andy Alinsky, who used to teach at the, the Buddhist, the Berry Center for Buddhist Studies for many years on the East Coast, next to IMS. And he said, Sangha uh, is, not, in these days, Sangha is also extended to encompass all sentient beings, even all inhabitants of a unified ecosystem as members of a single Sangha. It brings a heightened sense of connection, a greater appreciation of mutual interdependence Good term, I like that. Greater appreciation of mutual interdependence and a shared responsibility for all beings to respect and care care for one another. And and I so appreciate the movement of the heart to go in all directions, always to include every being. And, you know, I, I put a little, I don't know if you get this, but they always ask me for the name of the talk and, I, and a quote. And I gave a quote and I couldn't find the, the uh, who, who said it. And, um, and so I just put, 
you know, unknown Buddhist quote. But then as I looked through my material, I realized, oh, that was my quote. And, and it was really, I know, it was pretty funny. I, I thought, shit, I could have gotten credit for that quote, but I'm getting it now. And, and the quote said, the Sangha is affirmed as a jewel, or a gem or jewel, and the preciousness of true nature is recognized as we begin to let go of the small sense of self. We acknowledge the interdependence of all existence and discover that awakening is not separate from the treasure of our mutuality. It's also a good line. I like treasure of our mutuality. And it's, and it's, it's beautiful. That's a good quote from Eugene. And, you know, and I feel it so often uh, when I'm taking walks in San Francisco and just walking in the park or even on the street. You know, I walk on the street plenty and it's just, oh, there's all these beautiful people there who I have no idea who they are or what they're doing or what their status is or what their, whatever it might be, what their proclivities are or what their likes or dislikes, but it doesn't matter. They're just human beings all doing the best they can, all doing the best they can. That, that's totally clear to me. And, and today I was in the park early this morning, which I tend to do every day. And, and, um, and I saw uh, somebody uh, uh, who was, she was looking at, um, you know, the, the map in the park and trying to look like she was trying to figure out where she was going. So I, I just stopped and I said, do you need any help? And they said they didn't, you know, which was cool. But, but the connection, you, I could feel it. It was just lovely to, she, she said, thank you. Thank you for asking, right? And, and, um, and, and there was a kindness and an inclusivity in both the question and the response, right? Yeah. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, he said, we are tied together in a single garment of destiny. We are tied together in a single garment of destiny. Really, and it's really that the, in my understanding, it's Martin Luther King's basis for being a bodhisattva and the bodhisattva path of really saving all beings, being uh, more important than just getting enlightened. Hmm. So I'll end with a little roomy poem, which I've read many times. He said, if 10 lamps are present in one place, 10 lamps are present in one place, each differs in form from another, yet you can't distinguish whose radiance is whose when you focus on the light. In the field of spirit, there is no division. No individuals exist. Catch hold of this spirit. Help the headstrong self disintegrate, that beneath it you may discover unity like a buried treasure. Let this headstrong self disintegrate, 
that beneath it you may discover unity like a buried treasure. So those are a few thoughts about Sangha from Eugene. And now, of course, I would love to hear from all of you. Um, please raise your hand. On, looks like here it's in the reactions button. You can, there's, if you click on reactions and there's a raised hand button. And I like to hear from everybody. And I always like to encourage people who haven't spoken or are new to group to speak. Don't be shy. Even if you're shy, be shy and speak anyways. Yeah, any thoughts, questions, comments about the talk? The Sangha, your own reflection about Sangha? Ali. Hi. Thank you, Eugene. Uh, you're welcome. A couple of things came to my mind as you were talking. Uh, I was listening to Nuval Hariri, uh, you know, the historian and then, you know, futurist. He was saying the reason, I mean, that's his theory. Uh, it's a pretty good one. The reason that we got out of the jungle versus the other animals is that we were able to cooperate with one another. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, we're not any stronger than any one of those uh, animals, but we got out because of whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, slow anyway. down. Anyway, well, well uh, let me say something. Let me come on, we can dialogue. Yeah, 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 please. Yeah, just that you know, the animals are very cooperative, so I'm not sure about that. Animals in packs are incredibly cooperative with one I another. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could maybe speak to one another. I says, like, you know, here's the stick, take it, and just, you know, build a bridge. Maybe right. that's what he was talking about, cooperation. Okay. But yeah. maybe yeah. when they find the stick, they hit each other on the head. I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. in some ways, when they see the water, you're right on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. two different uh, levels. Just, just, a lot know. of lot of different ways. If you have ever seen a flock of birds in flight. You're right. True. And, That's you know, when, when I studied Balinese music, in which you play together about 20 different instruments, percussion instruments, I was told, I was in Bali and, and I was told, oh, you play like a flock of birds in birds. flight. Because yeah. it, it's never the same twice, actually. So yeah. Um, yeah. perhaps I didn't understand what he was talking about, or is a different level that probably we use our mind to communicate and you know show each other uh, uh, ways to get out uh, of jungle uh -huh. perhaps I'm not sure but what okay. I was going to bring out on the Sangha part is the uh, uh, back in the Buddha's day those three jewels that he had mentioned the Dharma Buddha Sangha Sangha meant as you mentioned uh, a totally different thing and it was like everybody was living in a community. As far as I know, who knows? I mean, I don't know. This is my assumption that the people were cooking, being with one another. Sangha was like a natural uh, evolution of being together. Uh, whereas here, as you alluded to, it's mostly individualistic. Even like in the East, I, I don't want to glorify, you know, the East either. But these days, as we come up, uh, we've uh, progressed in technology, is one of the things that have come about <clears throat> capitalism and many other 
mm-hmm. uh, forces in a bigger world that has separated us from one another, where it didn't exist when he uh, spoke of the Dharma Buddha Sangha at that time, 2,600 years ago. So yeah, but, it's a here, totally different I'm meaning. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to add a little more to what you're saying because um, it's true, the collectivity of culture was much stronger back then, as you're pointing at. And for people practicing spirituality, there was a lot of individual practice. People, sadhus would just wander by themselves and, and you know, do their practice, whatever their practice might have been, let's say, in, in ancient India, which... And so his creating a Sangha was a little bit radical. He was radical in that he created a Sangha that included, uh, at that time, you know, gender identified men and women. That was a big deal and even challenged him, right? When he, when he allowed women in the Sangha. And then, um, and then also uh, the fourfold Sangha. I mean, that was a big deal. And so he was, he was radical in that way about his creating a different Sangha that had been known, especially in a spiritual tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for whatever I, it was worth, those came to me. I thought I'll throw it in. Yeah. Great. Thank Always you. It's good to throw everything in. Throw the whole bucket in. <laughs> <laughs> Empty bucket now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ali. Okay, Louisa. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, um, okay. But, but wait, wait. wait, 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 wait. I'm hearing, I'm an, hearing echo. an echo. Oh, okay. Might be. Okay. Let me turn off this. Okay. I had a speaker. How's that? Can you hear me no? now? Yeah, I can hear you. I just yes. been hearing myself twice, and I'm just wait. I'm going to go check one thing. Uh, we're having techno duka. Uh, I'm just okay. How about now? Still wait. I'm looking around. Don't, don't worry, just be patient with me for a minute. It's better? Amy, is that what you're saying? Okay, now it's, it's better. better. Okay. Okay, let me go back to uh, speaker view. Okay, where are you, Louisa? Uh, okay. Here. Speak up. Okay, uh, can you, there can it you is hear again. me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, no, it's just at some point someone brought up this idea that uh, there's other translation of Sangha as well. I don't really remember who it was, but it was some kind of Dharma talk. Uh, but it was referring to the ancestors and how one of the translations of Sangha is also our ancestors and that um yeah has been a very big source of comfort for me i feel like you know just not only my lineage uh dna lineage but a uh, spiritual lineage as well so my yes. the elders and ancestors and the people who passed on this knowledge so just wanted to throw that in 
Great, thank you for, for bringing that into the room. It was a little bit what I was trying to do with the meditation. When I, when I said, you know, bring in all your teachers and, you know, and I was staying mostly around Buddhism, but I was really, it's true, bring in all your ancestors, whoever your teachers have been, right? That's great. Thank you. Yeah, for that was a that. really beautiful meditation, by the way. Thank you for that. Great. Thank you. Okay. Amy. Hi. I heard sort of a, a theme as you were talking about um, levels, that everything you were talking about, whether it was love or the, your spiritual friends, that these are people who um, are interested or see things in, in levels of you know, seeing themselves, letting go, as you said, of the smaller sense of smaller self and opening to, um, you know, the something more. So I think I have a question about the something more and the meditation was very powerful for me. I pictured when my teachers, Madame de Salzman, who had great presence, not only in sitting, but all the time. She embodied something more. And mm -hmm. when we sat together, when you're sitting in person together, somehow there's a, I don't know, a, a, a bubble of being seen that maybe lets you help a little more that letting go of the sense of smaller self. What do you mean the level of being seen by another? No. Um, it, it feels like instead of I see, I am being seen. Like I breathe, I am being breathed like okay. that. Oh, okay, that's, that and helps. When you, and I sat with my, you know, teacher that happened, you know, like being under that umbrella that doesn't happen so much when I sit all by myself, especially alone in the house now. Um, so, so, my, at least, so Amy, wait, I think what you're pointing at is the power of Sangha, of what can happen when people are practicing deeply together. Right. That it, it it has a even even an unconscious impact on us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's something I miss. But I was sort of I was thinking, well, in some sense, I'm missing myself. Is what I'm really missing. Um, you know, there's not always opportunity for sangha. We could be in World War II in Paris. You know, and. Um, yeah, but there, but but there was opportunity for sangha in World War II in Paris. That sanghas formed, you know, even in hidden ways. Yeah, I read that. To support one another during the dukkha of World War II of being occupied. Yeah, I mean, and talk about spiritual friends. 
And, you know, some of them work from completely opposite sides of the politics. And yet, because you have a priority of seeing what is, and that that's what's important. And other people don't have that. I mean, my neighbors don't have that. I don't have friends who aren't. But my question is about, my, you know, then there has to be a path to that home in yourself. Right. And, you know, I don't feel I'm very able to find my own path. You know, I right. really want to be with my Sangha and follow. <laughs> well, then keep coming every week. Yeah. And of course, find find other sanghas also. Yeah. It's not just one sangha. As mm-hmm. as uh, I believe Louisa just said, right? Where where else can you find your sangha, your ancestors, your lineage, in many different ways that support you you finding yourself? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Who's there? Stephanie. Um, We are here in Southern California, and Mm -hmm. our usual sangha is inside LA, but we Mm -hmm. love coming to your sangha every (laughs) Sunday evening. Anyway, I just wanted to share a little thing that happened this afternoon. We have a member of our Sangha who is, uh, his health is really fading, failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has uh, congestive heart failure and kidney failure and not doing well. So several of us went, he had his 74th birthday this last week. And so several of us went over to the assisted living a place where he lives in Santa Monica and just sat and had a lovely sharing with him this afternoon. And so I think that's one of the most beautiful things that Sangha does is support one another in this way. Uh, absolutely, absolutely beautiful and good, good for everybody. Right, yeah. it's good for the person. It's good for you, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and it's really, it's one of the things about service, and I'm using that not in a technical way, but in a heartfelt way, serving all beings, serving one another, and caring for one another in that way is just a beautiful part of practice, and it's it's not even a big deal at a certain level. It's just part of what you do, right? When you care about somebody. Yeah. Yeah, great. Glad, great to have that in the field here, even though you live in that place called Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) We still are happy to be here with you in nowhere, California. (laughs) And our baseball teams are, are in a duel. <laughs> is that is that true? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm kidding. I'm, the Dodgers and Giants are. I I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We played horribly the the, the last game. 
Yeah, you, you, the Dodgers look pretty good. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Right. <laughs> We're asking the whole song up here to pray for the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you all for for allowing us Southern Californians to oh, participate. Of course, there, there is no, that's a whole other Dharma talk about there is no California anyways. That's just in somebody's imagination. Right? Uh, but thank you. Good to see you. Okay. Who else? Who else in the gallery? Kitty has her hand raised. Oh, yeah. Hi, Kitty. Hey there. Oh, thanks, Nina. Speaking of Sangha. <laughs> Um, yeah, just looking around, I'm, uh, there's one person on that she knows who she is that like is part of a little Kalyanamita group that I've been in for many years now. And I'm just thinking of uh, like she brought me the absolute best soup that I had the last time I was laid up and really needed you know, people to <laughs> bring me some food. So yeah, I just following on what the the folks just said from Southern California about that kind of uh, that kind of care. But um, yeah, just being in in a Kalyanamita group, like getting to know people more deeply in some way like that, um, really mm -hmm. beca became the source for me of having friendships where I among other things I can I have people I can turn to when I'm in trouble in the way I'm thinking I'm mm -hmm. confused I'm angry I'm what you know whatever is going on and I need to run it by somebody and not have it be gossip <laughs> right mm -hmm. like I can say I am thinking this about you know right. this person this situation and having uh, people who can hold that with me and and mm -hmm. you know bring a dharma view right um yeah um it's it's a beautiful gift because of course they bring you a certain equanimity that you're probably not experiencing yourself yeah and that equanimity allows more to be understood and and see how to work with it skillfully yeah um and I'm, I was trying to think, I mean, I've, I've developed that kind of friendship with people that I haven't been in a Kalyanamita group with, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just want to put in a pitch for that. If people don't know what it is or how to do it, there's a link on the Spirit Rock page to describe like getting, you get an idea for something that you would like you know, it's a book you'd like to read, a theme you'd like to follow and invite other people, see who wants to do it with you. And um, you, I mean, you learn about the Dharma, but you, you, uh, you get a deepening of connection, a deepening yeah. of Sangha that way. Yeah, no, great. Glad you put the Kalyanamita groups in the room. 
And yeah, it was one that I was going to ask you actually. So, like, is Spirit Rock still doing that or not? I'm not, you know. So, I, oh, I haven't looked lately. I just assume they still have that information on the website. I, to I, tell I you would how. assume too. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay, I won't go poke around right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, don't, don't don't poke <laughs> around. Looks like somebody already posted it in in, in the chat. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, thank Great, you, thank Michael. You, Okay. Okay, Kitty. Take care. I'll call you soon. <laughs> okay. Terrence. Hi, Eugene. Hi, Terrence. I just wanted to put in a plug for Sangha on a day-to-day -day kind of since COVID and Zoom. My life is kind of organized now around uh, the points of meeting with Sangha uh -huh. every day, pretty much, you know, uh, on Zoom uh -huh. with Gil's group in the morning or in the, they have a, you know, kind of loving kindness practice at six o'clock in the afternoon. There's about 30 or 40 of us on there. And, and I, I feel a responsibility to this. This is Sangha. This is, uh -huh. and it's the organizing principle for my days now. Uh -huh. And I like it. Uh-huh. Great, great to hear. And it's great how Sangha supports us in that way, because being organized is a very helpful, skillful thing. And it doesn't mean we can't be disorganized when we need to, but, but the organization is really supportive. And, and especially in terms of tuning us into the Dharma every day. And, you know, yeah, yeah great. Good. Okay, thank you. Any last question, comment? Who hasn't spoken? Who wants to speak? There we go, Fiona. Fiona, please speak. Oh, unmute yourself and speak. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying I usually use my iPhone and I'm not, uh, sorry, I don't usually use my iPhone for this. Um, so uh, hence I'm not that familiar with it. But thank you very much for the talk. And um, I was particularly taken with your comment about um, unleashing what has been um, uh, blocked uh through sangha and i was wondering if you might just um, expand a bit upon that and does that take a long sounds like it's something that could take years and years of practice no, no yeah i mean it could take years and years but it could happen in a moment i mean it's just seeing all of a sudden we start to see differently boom just like that because of what somebody else understands or how they act or what they care about, their heartfulness, or their or their clarity, or their depth of practice, we get a little, oh, you know, and it's almost like even, I mean, on retreat, it's so easy to get that happens, because I'm sitting, and I think, you know, uh, you know, I've sat a long time, and then I see, oh, somebody else sits for a long time, and it's like I get inspired, oh, I could sit, maybe I could sit longer than I think, and so, boom, I see that it's true. 
or even hearing from other people in Sangha the kind of um, difficulty that people go through in a kind way or in a skillful way or in a caring way. And you realize they're, they're, the dukkha is there, but they're not limited by the dukkha. And maybe I can, maybe what's, that's also possible for me in dealing with my, you know, my children or my parents or my work situation or my neighbors, that I could do it in a much, because boom, I see. And, and it's inspiring in that way. So that's the kind of power that I'm pointing at. Really, it's the power of inspiration. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you Great. very much. Sure. Thank you for emphasizing that here as we end. Great. Okay, everybody. Good to be with you. I won't be here with you next week. Pamela Weiss will be here. I'll be here again in two weeks. And we'll do a little sharing of merit. May the goodness and blessing of our good fortune, God in every direction, touch beings in every realm, so that the, the whole Sangha, the Sangha of all beings, be touched by our good fortune. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering, from difficulty, from misunderstanding. May all beings awaken. May we awaken together. May we realize our true nature, our Buddha nature, the nature of wisdom and compassion. May all beings be free. Southern California, we're rooting for the Dodgers. Let's be real. Okay, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good Thank night. you all. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.